Welcome to the God Be Crazy podcast. We're your hosts, Christy Penny and Bonnie Thomas. We are best friends with a joint mission to tell the world all about this crazy God who loves us. What kind of crazy, you ask? Urban Dictionary defines crazy as someone who goes against the rules, a person who acts in a manner that normal society doesn't approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood. God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore even more evidence that confirms God be crazy. Welcome back to God Be Crazy. This is season two, and we're excited to see what the Holy Spirit's going to do with this podcast this season. Um, We kind of don't know because that's how we roll. We wait for him to tell us how and what we're going to share with you all. And so we are kind of looking forward to seeing what season two is going to bring as well. So if you have not listen to God Be Crazy. Welcome for the first time. You have a lot to catch up on in season one. Mm -hmm. Um, But Christy and I are best friends and we also are on mission together. We have lots of little projects with each other and this is one of them. And um, so we have 34 other episodes in season one, but we're back for season two. And as usual, whenever we are sitting down to see what in the world the Holy Spirit wants to roll out to us, We just went through kind of a a laundry list of different topics that we have that we've gotten randomly, and it kind of came down to this this one, and um, we just started talking about what was on our heart, and I I don't know about you. Well, I kind of do know about you. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. I kind (laughs) of do know about you, Um, but I'm kind of constantly in thought about God. There's like a constant conversation that we're having. So even my thoughts, I don't really think of as my own, like we're always having a talk. And um, I heard Jenny Allen say this recently, that um, she is just always thinking about him and always thinking about different things that he's speaking to her. And I was like, hey, I feel the same way. Like I, this is just how my mind is is constantly going. I'm constantly making observations about the world and the contrast between what he says and what the Bible says and what I live mm-hmm. outside of whenever I leave my house and what the world has to say, or every time I turn on the radio or the TV or other people's mouths or anywhere else, I'm just constantly thinking about the the difference between what is true, what's half true, what is um, what the world would say to me, what's a lie, what, you know, I'm just constantly kind of listening to that. And I'm noticing <laughs> there has just been an evolution for me of my faith journey. Whenever I first came to Christ, which I grew up in a Christian family, but I was baptized at 13 after I felt very convicted about what um, Jesus had done for me on the cross. And I just was touched in every way over what he did. And I've still, I was talking with you this week about mm-hmm. it and I'm out on the back deck and I just started crying, just thinking about, oh, what a sacrifice that was for me and for everyone. And I'm just so grateful. And I love him so much. And this podcast really is you know, born out of that desire to say yes to him, even though it's hard. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about that evolution. I told you when we were trying to decide, like, what, what does he want? Trying to discern what he wants for this season. And I said, really, like, there's this thing that just keeps, you know, coming into my mind is this, this big difference in this evolution between who I used to be and my, I guess, newbie faith and my newbie walk. And in your milk phase. In my milk phase. So to speak. <laughs> That's a good yeah. way of putting it. Yeah, mother's milk. And to the place now where, I mean, I still have a lot of T-bone I could get through. You know, like I know that there's a lot more that he has to teach me. But I'm eating solid food and have right. been for a while. And um, there's been sacrifices that I've had to make. There's been an evolution of my faith. And the deeper 
that I go with the Lord, the more separate I feel with the world and um, with other people. And there is a, a cost to that, that that has been, to be quite honest, it's it's been hard yeah. to stand up for my faith. And I was reflecting on my baby season, or I would say like, not even a baby season, but like the middle road in between, you know, like I've probably since I was a kid, I've always talked to God the way I talk to him now. We've always just had an ongoing conversation when I'm getting ready, when I'm in my car, when I'm going about my day, I'm usually in thought with him most yeah. of the time. Something's on my mind. I joke sometimes like if I ever want a revelation from God, I'm going to go brush my teeth because I get it at my bathroom sink all the time when I'm just alone with him. Um, but I just, it, I even, even though that has been happening my whole life, there is so much more depth to the conversations and, and I recognize there is such a difference between the, the girl who blended in and the woman who doesn't anymore. Yeah. There's a separation. There is a separation. I'm very different than I used to be, even just a few years ago. This trauma changes you. You know, I heard a term recently, post-traumatic growth. <laughs> we both have That's PTSD, funny. something we talk about. Um, I really am thankful for the post-traumatic growth because it is a refining process that God has used to draw me and him me closer into him. And I'm so very grateful for that. But it, it does come at a cost. Like when I hear just in mainstream Christian music, like, Lord, you know, I beg to be at your feet. I was listening to Counting, uh, not Counting Crows, not Counting Crows, <laughs> Casting Crowns, very different <laughs> band. I do love Counting Crows, though, let me tell you. Um, but anyways, Casting Crowns, I was listening to them the other day, and there's a song, um, I think it's called At Your Feet, and he's like, Jesus, Jesus, at your feet, oh, to dwell and never leave. And he's just like, this is the greatest place to ever be. And I'm like, yeah, and it's so hard. Like, <laughs> like, and it goes on and on. And as I'm listening to it, I was swinging um, on my swing and it was, you know, the sunset was, sun was going down. It was just so pretty. And I was like, I really love resting at your feet. And sometimes it is so hard. Like that, that's the part of it that church doesn't always market to you. Yeah. Like come to Jesus. He loves you. That's what you get when you sign on. And this is, this life is so good and everything's good and it's mm -hmm. fun and it's, y'all, it's hard. Yeah. That's the truth. It's yeah. hard. It's worth it, but it's hard. Right. So that's, to, that's just kind of what we're talking about today. We're unpacking the heart and also what we're called to do. He says in Matthew 5, 13, this is 5, 13 through 16. We're going to read it. You are the salt of the earth. He's speaking to his people. You know, isn't Jesus speaking? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus is speaking to um, his followers. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. That's pretty strong. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what is he saying? He is saying, be different. You are the salt of the earth. If you lose this set apartness, this salt, you're no longer good for anything. I guess what I think about whenever you talk about this is in our society today, in our churches, in our homes, in our culture, when we walk out our front doors, when we go to our jobs, when we go to our schools, when we go just out, out, out to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Can anyone tell that you're a Christian from the person walking down the next aisle, mm -hmm. sitting in the next cubicle, mm -hmm. 
sitting in the same classroom as you, when you're having conversations with strangers, your friends, your family, are those conversations including, not just including God, but are they conversations that edify, that grow, that strengthen your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Or do our conversations and everyday lives look more like we fit into society? Mm-hmm. Do we do we fit in or do we stand out? Mm-hmm. Because the Bible tells us over and over and over and the apostles who live their life, if we read their stories and we study their lives and what happened to them and what they did while they were living, but before they died, we learn that they are very set apart. Mm-hmm. They stand out a lot. When they enter a town or um, come into a new port, you know, if they were on a boat crossing a sea, if they come into town, wherever they show up, somebody goes, oh, <laughs> that's, you hear the whisper in the crowd. That's the, that's one of those followers of that Jesus of Nazareth. You know, like, People know who they are. Mm-hmm. People see them. Sometimes it's to run to them and be like, teach me. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's to be like, mm-hmm. to mock them, to make fun of them, maybe to imprison them because that happened to them a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like, yep. but they, they are known and they are set apart. They are different. They don't look like everybody else. They don't act like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Their train of thought, just like you were saying, how your thoughts have progressed over the years as you've mm-hmm. grown in Christ from a baby Christian who needs the milk to a solid food Christian mm-hmm. and, and a meat Christian, mm-hmm. you know, and or honestly a lukewarm, like even though I came to him and said, I believe you at 13, like there were many, there were several years of my, I guess, adolescence and young adulthood that I was not all in. I was split or what we would call lukewarm. Like, I wasn't surrendering all of me. Yeah. There were things I wanted to keep and it wasn't, you know, it's been an incremental. I mean, there's been declarations. I would say, you know, age 19 or 20 or so. I, it was about 19 where it was a shift. I, I felt uncomfortable in the difference. There were things that I knew that I needed to reconcile to God. And specifically, I want to do things my way. And I recognize like, oh, I kind of am doing life the way I want to do life. And I realize that there may be things he wants me to do with my life that I may not want to do. And so at 19 in my dorm room, I was like, Lord, I recognize that I do not know all the things and you do. So you can have my life. You can do whatever you want with it. And it was not but a few short years later. And he was like, you're going to completely change directions from where I told you to go. But I don't know that I, I mean, years before, I wouldn't have done that. I would have been like, ooh, this is not in the plan. And even after that, you've changed a lot. Oh, tons. Tons. (laughs) Your eyes are real big. You can't see this, guys, but... (laughs) Christy's eyes be getting real big right now. Well, you have watched that. You've had a front row seat for evolution. Yeah. You know, you've seen an experience whenever the Holy Spirit came over me for the first time. That was, you know, I grew up in a in a in a church where the gifts of the Holy Spirit were limited or I what's the word that you use? Um it's not muzzled, but like um well, not all of them are welcome. Like some of the gifts of the spirit, speaking in tongues, laying on of hands, like believing in the power of the Holy Spirit was not evident in um, in the in the, the, the church that I went to. Well, and the I just want I grew up in. something about. I'm gonna say something about that. Um, that from what I've experienced um, in a lot of different Christian religions, different. Um, branches of Christian denominations, denominations. Um, people read the scripture and the Bible and they, they say that they believe in the gift of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. Mm -hmm. They say that in word, but it isn't always evident in Mm -hmm. action. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's something that we should definitely be keeping a check on. And it's not to say that you can't learn or grow in those environments mm-hmm. because you can, you can, they're reading the Bible, mm-hmm. but leaving out the Holy Spirit to me is just unfathomable. Mm-hmm. You can't, they, you, you can't have one without the other, mm-hmm. you know, and you can learn the knowledge, but there's a difference in having a knowledge mm-hmm. of something, a head knowledge of something and having a heart knowledge of something. And being open and surrendering to everything changing. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when you surrender and say, whatever it is that you want me to do with this life or in this moment, do it. Because when you do that, and I've done that, I'm like, oh, but don't be too weird. You know, like sometimes I'm like, oh, you're going to make me real weird. I mean, (laughs) and he's like, yeah, set apart as weird. Get used to it. Yeah. And that's what happened. I mean, there'd be times where when I could feel him come over me and ask me to do something and I'm going, okay, if you tell me to do this, I'll do it. And he's like, I'm telling you to do it. Or we like, say, oh. but can you tell me in a different way? Or can you, are you sure this is what you want me to do? Because I know I've said that several uh, times. I'll be like, God, are you sure? Just like Hesed with, you know, when we talked about that last season, you know, I was like, God, are you sure this is what you want me to do? Or mm-hmm. do you really want me to say that? Or do I have to? Can somebody, can you give it to them another way? Uh-huh, not can me. someone else do this? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like as that happens, I recognize it and it takes, sometimes it takes a minute and sometimes I'm like, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you can have my voice. It may not sound like normal, but you can have my voice or you can have my hands. Sometimes whenever he comes over me, my hands shake. And to the degree, one time my hands were shaking and I was visiting a church <laughs> and a woman came over to me and she came over me after church and she's like, what disease do you have? <laughs> like the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I said, whenever he comes over me, sometimes he moves in my hands and sometimes he'll prompt me to put my hands on someone. And when I do that, I can feel what the, the almost like electricity in my hands move out of my body. It's crazy. That's crazy. My former self would look at that and go, that is some banana business, as you say. It is, but it is scriptural. And to experience something that you can read is very different than reading it and only having the head knowledge of it. But when you can feel the power of the Holy Spirit moving in your body, it, it, it truly laid me out. Like I was like, whoa, this is another experience. This is another level that I have not been fully a introduced to or welcome or maybe open to until that moment. And B, I probably wasn't willing at that time, you know, or fully willing because I was scared. But that is, in fact, what he calls us to do when he calls us to lay down our lives in exchange for what he has planned for our lives. Yes. In Luke Chapter 14, verse 27 is a great example of that. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. If you want to be a disciple, you must give up everything. Being a disciple means giving up your life and living for Christ. So we have to be willing to give up everything. How many of us are actually willing to give up everything? Mm Mm-hmm. Like when we Mm -hmm. go to him, we fall on our face and we give our life. We surrender. That's the word we use. We surrender our lives to Christ Mm -hmm. in word, Mm -hmm. in that moment. And that's what we are asked to do. But when you get up from there, are you any different? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Will anybody else know? You know, when God called the disciples, Simon and Andrew, I believe, were the first day he called and um, he called them from the fishing boat. Right. Mm-hmm. And asked them if they wanted to be fishers of men. And they did. So they just, they literally dropped their nets <laughs> in their spot as they were fishing. They dropped their nets mm-hmm. and followed him. That meant they followed him forever. Like they didn't go back to their normal lives. 
they dropped their nets and they became disciples and they followed him. Jesus also then called James and John. That is some crazy faith. And he told them to follow me. I know. And they did. And then he called Levi, who was a tax collector, a Jewish man. So he was hated by Pretty Romans much everybody. and Jews. <laughs> he was hated by the Jews because of the tax collector. And he was mm-hmm. hated by the Romans because he was a Jew. Literally, was it socially acceptable to either group? And Jesus picked him. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter his political beliefs or his social beliefs or his cultural differences. Like he, that's who God picked because God says who he wants to use mm-hmm. and when he wants to use them and how he wants to use them. And y'all, if you partner with him, when he's calling you, he will use you. But we want to debunk a few things, and that is that everything is going to be good. 100%. Not God true. is always good. That is always true. And it's taken me a lot of years to figure that out. I because know. contrary to, to your um, relationship with God and religion and church and growing up, I didn't really have, like, my great-grandmother was a believer, and she did go to church. And my grandmother used to read the Bible when we were kids, and I would see her reading her Bible and stuff. But mm-hmm. but when I grew up, growing up, my, my parents didn't go to church. They, they didn't. And, you know, it wasn't something that was in my household. You were talking about seeing your dad, you know, seeing evidence of your dad's relationship with God by, you know, him leaving his Bible out. Yeah. I told you that while we were planning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I never saw that. Yeah. You know, I didn't have that growing up. So my relationship with church, my relationship with religion and, and the, those things was very different. Also, I had spiritual gifting that I was not, um, that I didn't really understand yet. Mm-hmm. And it felt more like a curse than a gift. Yeah, yeah it did. Still does sometimes, honestly. It's a, it's a heavy burden to bear. I don't bear it alone because he's always with me in mm-hmm. it. But sometimes it's hard, you know? And if you could choose it, that wouldn't be the top one that you would choose. You know, it's a hard one. It wouldn't. But, <laughs> but I didn't get a choice. That's, right. that's what God... That's what God gave me, you know, mm-hmm. and but saying all of that, like the things that I see and the things that I know, my relationship with religion and church and God and getting to where I am now mm-hmm. from from then is very different than yours. It mm-hmm. looks very different. And I didn't understand God to be. I was more scared of God. Right. I mean, honestly, I, I did stuff out of fear or didn't do stuff out of fear more than out of love and mm-hmm. respect. It was all out of fear. And I guess that's one way to do it, but it doesn't leave for mm-hmm. a healthy relationship with God. I mean, yes, we should have a healthy fear of God. Because yeah. And the biblical word of for fear, fear of God is out of respect and right. awe of him. Yeah. It's not the same as a fear of man. Like, right. Fear meaning, oh, they're not going to like me. I'm going to be rejected. Oh, well, that wasn't or... what I was talking about. I was talking about mm-hmm. fear of death in yeah. hell. That's why I'm not talking about I'm going to be rejected. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. like, um, I'm literally going to burn in hell for all eternity if I don't do this. I'm going to do this. Okay. That's the kind of, th- the kind of fear. fear that I had. It, it wasn't so much a reverent fear. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a balanced God growing up. And I say that because I didn't know the love side. Like I knew that he died for me. Don't get me wrong. Cause I, I didn't know that, but I didn't really understand how much he loved me mm-hmm. and what that sacrifice took. And I, it may be confusing to some people, maybe may not understand that, but that's okay. You don't have to, because that's my, that's my journey with him. But I didn't know that loving God. Mm-hmm. And I do know that now. But saying that, I think that people need to be aware that serving God is hard. Mm-hmm. It's always worth it, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just say that from my mouth. I want to talk about it from the scripture. Mm-hmm. And the Bible gives us 
tons of examples, but specifically with these disciples and even with Jesus Christ himself. And that scripture that you read about being the salt of the earth and not hiding our lights and those things, it plays an important role in where we're at today in society. Mm-hmm. What, what I was talking about earlier, if you go to school, if you go to work, if you go to church and people don't recognize you as a Christ follower, it may be time for you to examine that. Take that to God and ask God to show you mm-hmm. ways that you can draw closer to him and also shine your light more into the places mm-hmm. he has you, your community, mm-hmm. your job, your school, mm-hmm. whatever places he has you. We need to be able, people need to know a difference. Mm-hmm. They need to see a difference in you. They need to hear a difference in your talk. Y'all, I'm preaching to myself, honestly. <laughs> like yeah. it's not just for everyone else. It's for all of us. Yes. If we say we are disciples of Christ, we ought to look different. The Bible says that we are to be set apart. Mm-hmm. Not blended in. Yeah. And as we do that, it will come with some pain. Yes. You know, there was a quote I heard. It said, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Ooh, that's good, friendy. Yes. I cannot remember who says it. I will think of, I will think of it because I will, I will get it. But that quote, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. And that's exactly, mm-hmm. exactly what I was reading in Luke. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. There's other scripture that says, if you don't lay down your life and follow mm-hmm. me, you, you're not a disciple of Christ. Yep. He, he said, Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me for will find sake. it. And that's all yep. through the gospels. That's several other places. In the all gospels. in the gospels. And that's because we're talking about the disciples mm-hmm. and them changing their lives. It said also the one... That, so therefore, none of you can become my disciples if you do not give up all of your possessions. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all, he is asking for their everything. Let's put, let's turn that around and look at ourselves because we say all the time, the Bible is our rule book, right? The Bible mm-hmm. is our gauge. The Bible is what we live by, do we? Because <laughs> if we do, he asks his disciples his followers to give up everything, everything. Wow. That is huge. And the weight of that is huge. And if, if it doesn't hit you, if you're not going, oh man, pray about it, Mm y'all. I'm just saying. Reflect on it. Yes. Because we are not necessarily, it's, it's about each of us sitting with ourselves and inviting yes. the Holy Spirit to come and educate us about who we really are. Sorry, I just found who my, my guy's name who quoted that. Oh, okay. I want to give him credit. Okay. Dietrich Bonifer. Oh, yeah. said it. Okay. Okay. Say that quote again. Yeah. That's worth repeating. Yeah. Dietrich Bonifer said, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. And so if you ask that question of yourself, what has following Jesus, what has following God's way, how has following God in my life cost me? What has it cost me? Who has it cost me? How has it cost me? Mm -hmm. If you're coming up short and you don't feel like you've had to suffer much, you don't feel like there's been much of a, a squeeze or a discomfort, then it's, it would be a good idea to reflect on that and and examine those parts of your life and examine your heart. Are you willing to get that way? Are yeah. you willing to give up? You know, um, if you're saying to yourself, you know, Lord, I'll, I'll follow you anywhere, but I won't follow you there. You know, like I would do anything, but I won't do that. Kind of like the meat love song. <laughs> <laughs> I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. No one ever knows what that really meant. But in this case, it means we are not to have any like buts. We're to say, I'll give it all to you. and Not I'll give it all to you, but, but don't can take I this. do this first? Or don't take this? Or, yeah. 
Those are important things. The disciples didn't go, okay, Jesus, I'll follow you, but let me do this. Mm -hmm. However, there were some other examples of that in scripture. Let's talk about that real quick. Mm -hmm. Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you're not sure how to turn it into reality? You need Ready, Set, Podcast. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help record, edit, and publish your idea. They have prices to fit any budget and options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. So if you have an idea, reach out to them for a free consultation on their website or social media at www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. The rich young ruler comes to mind for me. You know, he asked him, he wanted to follow him and he asked him, what do I need to do to follow you? And he said, well, he sell said, everything. no, he said, follow the commandments. And the rich young ruler says, oh, oh yes, right. I already follow these. I do these. Yeah. I, I do this. I'm good. And God said, oh, in addition to that, <laughs> sell everything you have and come and follow me. Mm-hmm. And the rich young ruler went away sad because he knew he couldn't because right. his possessions his money were an idol to him they were yeah. more important he couldn't imagine doing life without those things mm-hmm. and then jesus went on to say he addressed everyone and he said assuredly i say to you there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of god who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. So, yes, the rich young ruler would have had to give up everything here in that moment. But God says, there's not anybody who's given up anything for me that I haven't blessed. Mm-hmm. How many times over? Uh, I, I think he said, well, it's not in Luke. It's, not it's in, in another that. gospel. He says a hundred times. But a hundredfold, that's Matthew. Yeah. So they'll, they shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. The, the second part ought to be enough. Like yeah, right. the eternal life part. But sometimes that might not be mm-hmm. enough for everybody. So he's saying you're going to get it back a hundredfold. But the thing is, y'all, we have to relinquish the control of what we thought it was going to look like. Okay. The rich young ruler didn't do that. I think this is just me. This is not Opinion. out of the Bible. This is just straight from Christy. I think that the reason he couldn't is because he only saw it that way and he held on to what he saw. He never thought that if he gave all those things away, he didn't want to do life like that. Okay. He didn't know what that looks like. He's not in control of that. He is used to a standard. And his standard was high, y'all. He had silver spoons and golden cups, and he ate the biggest steaks, and he ate and he wore the finest linens, and he slept in the nicest beds, and he couldn't imagine mm-hmm. sleeping in the stable. They're not having any in a sack to sleep at all in a sack yeah. or sleeping out under the stars, giving up all his stuff to follow to follow God, mm-hmm. like. When it was actually brought to him, he was okay doing all the things that were law and to keep those rules as long as he didn't have to give up any comfort, as long as he didn't have to give up the things that he was used to, Mm -hmm. as long as he didn't have to give up the things that, that made him important in society, in other people's eyes. And that's what I'm asking each of us to look into our hearts right now, look into our lives and think about this and pray about this and ask God. Is there a place in my life, Lord, that I am withholding from you because it's not comfortable for me? Is there something that I'm not giving up because it takes away my status or it takes away how people may see me or they may see me differently or I may lose a friend or a mm-hmm. job or a coworker? Is there somewhere in my life that I'm withholding from you? Mm-hmm. Because of my own comfort or because I can't get past myself. Mm -hmm. God says he will give us all these things back, but it may not look like the way we think it 
we want it to look, or it may not be the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. It may look very, very different. And it, it may in fact be one of those things where you say, I would never. And then you're the nevering right down the street, <laughs> nevering all the way around the neighborhood because mm-hmm. God has different thoughts than us, different ways than us. Y'all. Oh, it just, <laughs> It's hard for me to contain this because it's so important. I know how true it is. It hits me so hard because we want things a certain way. We enjoy things a certain way. Everybody wants to drive a nice car. Everybody wants to live in a nice, comfy, cozy house and to have things that make life comfortable. But the truth is, if we aren't willing to give it all away, to walk away from every single thing, he says He says in Luke 14, I'm just going to read this real quick. Luke 14, 25 through um, 34, I think. 35. Okay. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and his children, his brothers and his sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, Mm. but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is neither fit for the soil nor for the manure manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Those are strong words. And I know that this is a parable, but these are Jesus's words. He is saying, if you lose your saltiness, you're no good for the kingdom. Yeah. What I hear in that is, I love you. It doesn't stop me from loving you, but you are no longer worthy or fit for kingdom work. Well, none of us are worthy in and of ourselves anyway. True. But, yeah. But he said you can't be my disciple. He literally says here, if you're not willing to give up everything he has, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is neither fit for the soil nor the manure Mm. pile. It is thrown out. Yeah, I don't want to be thrown out. He says, if you do not give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciple. It, It says up here, anyone who comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife, his children... Wow. He he is saying you have to love him more than anything else. He's saying more than your mother, more than your father, Mm -hmm. your wife, your husband, your children, your brothers, your sisters. Mm -hmm. There's no one. He says, yes, even your own life. We claim to have relationships with Christ. We claim to be believers and Christians. How many of us, if someone knocked on our door right now with a gun to your head and said, say I'm a Christian, you die. Denounce Christ, you live. Choose right now. Or held a gun to your little kid's head and said, I will shoot your child right here, right now, if you say you believe in Christ. Do you love God enough to say that? I'm not saying that we should do that to each other in a society, but I'm saying that the Bible clearly tells us if we are not willing to say 
Yeah. We love God more than everyone, more than anything. Yeah. Then we are not disciples. Y'all, this is so important. And we, hard to swallow. And hard because... <laughs> We like the version of the Bible that says God is love. And if you pay your tithes, I'm going to multiply all your money and you're going to end up with a nice comfy life and things are going to be good. And we're going to sing Kumbaya in heaven together. There is a promise of eternal, eternal life. And there is a promise of um, God giving back a hundredfold what mm -hmm. you lose. But what he says is you have to be willing to lose it first. And some of us say, oh, yeah, I, I surrender my life. But if we're really in that spot, in that moment, do we really? Mm -hmm. That's a big, huge example. So let's take it back, dial it back a little and let's go back to this. <laughs> do the people at work know you're a Christian? Do the people in your life know you're a Christian? I'm dialing it way back, y'all. We ain't killing your kids anymore, okay? <laughs> do the people you work with know? Do they know where you stand? Oh, do man. you look different? Do you mm -hmm. act different are there yes. conversations you won't participate in or you know i can the the difference you know mm -hmm. i was talking earlier about being the baby christian and the more mature christian yeah is in my own self and i can see this in myself is there is an evolution where first of all first some conversations wouldn't even bother me i could flow with whatever conversation it wouldn't mm -hmm. they wouldn't make me uncomfortable sure. your worldly ungodly conversation was not making me twitch. Right. And then as you evolve, like I feel uncomfortable, but I might not say anything. Like I might see where it's going and I just sit in the room and I may not be like, guys, this is not, I might not say anything, but if you don't say anything, you're just as guilty as them. I've sat so, in the middle of gossip and I've wanted to pull my hair out and like, and said nothing. I have to say, this ha actually happened to us recently, and I think that we should just bring it up. We went to a concert. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it's true. Going into this concert, we had both talked to each other about, ooh, these, I used to enjoy this, this particular song. I used to enjoy this particular thing. And I was like, it's hard for me to listen to. And you, you were also in agreement. like, yeah, this is hard to, I mean, it's hard to get, to get with this song. Mm -hmm. We had been struggling with it for a while. And we thought, well, you know, we just won't sing that part or we can change this part. And then mm -hmm. we get to the concert and wow, we didn't even need to change our parts because what we were going to change, because the band changed words that very much went, against we're dishonoring we the, very we're dis dishonoring very of dishonoring of god and i immediately when i heard it i i grabbed your arm and i'm like did you hear that mm -hmm. they just said mm -hmm. xyz and and of course i missed it I yeah didn't hear that it was subtle i mean to me i didn't i missed it to me it was very overt because mm -hmm. i heard it mm -hmm. you know and i was like they just said god was a woman okay that they said that. Mm -hmm. I was like, we stop that. That didn't, that stopped everything else that we were talking about. But where I'm going with this is in that moment, we, we had already made up in our minds that we weren't going to participate in part of it. But here we are sitting at this concert, dancing along, singing along to all these things that this person is saying that we don't agree with. At, at some point we sit down because we're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I can't celebrate this. In reality, we should have gotten up and walked out. And I had to repent for that. Yeah. Because we both did. We didn't even say anything to each other. <laughs> we were like, I think, internalizing it. But the next morning we were like, oh, do you feel this way? I was like, yes, I repented. I did too. Like, yeah, we, this, like is, we're, this is not happening again. And I actually would have left had I been alone you know, like in my own vehicle where I was with a group of people and I didn't want to just like mm -hmm. try to figure that out, you know, but I should have, I should have y'all. And that's the truth. Are you willing to do the hard things when pressed on all sides? If you are with a group of people and y'all are all hanging out at a concert and they're singing and it becomes something that you are not okay with, do you sit by and hang out and go ahead and stay with it, even though it goes against everything you believe. Mm -hmm. Do you rationalize in your head that it's okay because 
you're not participating or that it's okay because you don't believe that. Or I sat out for this song. But nobody around mm-hmm. you at that concert, they say, oh, I saw you at the concert. I saw you dancing. You know, mm-hmm. They don't see you sit out for that. Or maybe they don't see you sit out for that one song. Did you sit out for one song? Does it show them enough about what you believe and who you are? Or does it just say, well, I'm okay with most of this. If we blend so well in our society that no one can tell the difference, mm. if they don't see our saltiness, if they don't see our light, if we look like everyone else, we're manure we are, in the kingdom of God. Exactly. What That's what it says. We are You're not ruthless. fit for the kingdom of God. And we're not even fit, fit for the dung pile. We're not, You're I mean, not even fit to go back in the soil <clears throat> is what this says. Not fit for the soil. He asks us to be different. He asks us. No, he doesn't just ask. He commands it. He says we must give up everything. Now, I want to go on to say, I want to say this real quick, because the rich young ruler in that case, I don't know when he was talking to the rich young ruler, if he he literally meant his possessions, but that was because that was what the rich young ruler had as an idol in his heart. That was what he put before God. And so for all of us, it may be different what he's asking. But the one thing that he's saying in this scripture, I think in Luke, mm-hmm. when he says that we have to be give, be give, give up everything, I don't consider that necessarily literal. What, what I do think it is, is that we have to give up the control of it. We are giving that to him to use as his and at his discretion, however he wants. Mm-hmm. It's not our money that we are putting aside. It's not our fancy ride. You know, it's like we, everything that we have is God's now. Mm-hmm. That, we we aren't necessarily having to give up all the things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think of the people too. It's yeah. Like he says all things. The list he went through That's is right. not a bunch of possessions. It's not. I mean, it's he said people. land he and said, houses. There were two possessions and the rest were all people. It said mother, father, mother, mm-hmm. it said mother, father, wife, children. We're not saying don't take care of your family. We're not saying that at all. We're not saying don't love your family. Definitely not saying that. The Bible is all about love your family, love your neighbor as yourself. We're not saying those things. What we're saying is that everything we have has to be given to God, surrendered to God. It needs to be in its place. It Yes, it needs to be in its place. And its place is beneath him. Our money, our families, they are not ours. Yeah. They are his. Your children, mm-hmm. they're God's. Mm-hmm. They were his first. He just let you borrow them anyway. <laughs> but he's reminding us they're his. Mm-hmm. Everything, every good gift is from God anyway. Mm-hmm. We've heard that, right? So our money, our families, everything we own, everything we possess, we have to be willing to give that to him. And that's what we're saying. I just wanted to circle back and make that a little more clear. Yeah. Um, He may not ask you, like you said, with the rich young ruler, he knows what has a hold of you. Right. If he says, give up this relationship because that relationship you are, it is an idol for you. If that person and what they want and and maintaining a relationship with a person um, is cost is as you're fixated on that yes. or you are dependent more on that relationship than you are on the dependency of the relationship you have with God. That's an idol. That right. person is an idol. And we kind of like look at the Israelites or the other, you know, other pe- people that were bowing down to gods like they were casting these iron figures or whatever right. for their. Um, before them and then bowing down to it. And we think, oh, that's crazy, you know, but that's what the culture was doing. Well, what right. is the culture doing right now? That Those are similar things. Like mm-hmm. it is nothing to idolize your husband or wife over. Or your favorite football team mm-hmm. or basketball team or. And how you spend your time. Or says, your children. Mm-hmm. I know I'm guilty of that. And he's had, he's smacked my hand a few times of that because I will be so focused on my kids and he's like i've got this they're mine and focus on what i have you doing and so i'm like okay you know but i do i have to 
I have to kind of routinely re- repent for the the idol idolization of my children, so to speak, because I do love them so much. And at times, I would I, I could get too focused on that and not on the the race I'm running for the Lord and with the Lord. And so sometimes, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm a single parent. I share time with my kids, and whenever I don't have my kids, sometimes I I get sad about that. And yeah. he has reminded me over and over, and he's used your mouth to do that as well. Thank you, friend, that this is the race you're running. And there are things he's called you to do that if you were parenting full time, there wouldn't be a place for this thing that he's doing. You know, this podcast being one of them, but there's many others. And he's like, this is what I'm calling you to do. That means there has to be some separation. You're not a parent all the time. You are my child and you are on mission all the time. Well, and that's the thing. Sometimes we forget and we we think about our roles. Mm-hmm. And the truth is we are all his. And everything we do mm-hmm. should be for God's glory. And, and we forget sometimes in the everyday of life. Mm-hmm. Yes, we still have to work. We still have to pay bills. We still have to do these things. But God's saying he's going to take care of all of those things if you put him first. Put mm-hmm. him, put our things in perspective. Put them in the order they belong in. Prioritize your life. And what that means is God is number one. And if he's not number one above things, people, and everything else, money, if he's not, then we, we should be called to repentance. Mm-hmm. And we all have those. And sure. It, and it's constant. Like, I wish Absolutely. I could say, okay, I've repented from that focus on that thing or that person or mm-hmm. whatever. And then it, it, and then I move on. But the truth is there will always be idols in competition for God's spot. Yeah. There's always going to be something in competition for God's spot in Mm -hmm. our lives. Always. Yeah. And it's up to us to recognize the things that we are putting before him and to repent. He calls us to, to be aware of that. And he gives us, there's so many examples in the scripture that talk about that. Yeah. It's not a, a question of, do you have idols before God, but what are they? What are they? And keep them in your sights. And, and you know, they're, if they're a barrier to your yes, then that is a problem. The truth is, if you are a Christian racing after the throne of God, it should disturb you or concern you if, if, if you fit in the manure pile. I don't want to be in the manure pile. Yeah. Not just, be not just well. in the manure pile, but I mean, Satan's job is to tempt us and to lie to us, to deceive it. us. And over and over and over, what if it doesn't look terrible, y'all? That's his entire job. He <laughs> has learned to make life, make things of the life of this life enticing to us. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't look terrible to you, if it doesn't sound bad to you, we're not talking about the things that people gasp whenever you tell them. No, (laughs) we're talking about sitting in a concert you shouldn't be in because it doesn't glorify God. Or Mm -hmm. you're sitting in a place where people couldn't tell you apart. You look like the people you're standing by. And I'm not saying that we want to be perfect, but we we are not capable of attaining that in our human form, but what we should be striving for is to be the best that we could be in Christ. People mm-hmm. should know us. People should know that we're different. And if we don't look different, yeah, that's concerning. And it should be concerning. Yeah. God is asking you to be separate. He's asking you to be set apart. He's asking you to be disciples and to follow him. Yeah. Christ couldn't even couldn't even preach in his own hometown because they didn't believe him. Yeah. And his own friends didn't didn't believe that like when Lazarus died, they were all upset with him. That's the verse that people say is the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus <clears throat> wept. He wept because his own friends, he said like he it's going to be OK. It's, he this knew is their not, faith. Mm-hmm. He knew that they didn't have faith. To, they didn't believe that he yeah. could bring him back. Yeah. Even though. They knew him. Even though he'd, he'd done it before, they'd watched him do plenty of miracles at that, yeah. at that point. But they, they, lacked, they lacked faith in it. It hurt him. 
Luke 9, I just want to, I just want to reiterate this. And I think Jesus said it best. So I'm just going to read it. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have the air and of the air have nests. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But first, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I think that we just need to be very aware that God wants to be first in our lives. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to lay down everything. It's kind of like in Philippians when Paul said the things that he used to place importance on or that he gave up and or lost, he now recognizes that. Absolutely. Nothing compares. He Once he's experienced God, he's like, okay, I'm totally glad that I gave this up. Right. And he's not asking everyone to give up the exact same thing. I mean, sure. the path for the rich young ruler was to lay down his riches. The path for each of us will be different according to our hearts and what we place in high esteem. He will ask us to give up the things that are hindering us from cultivating that relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So what's that look like for you? For me in particular, there was... There was one in- instance where I had something that I was doing in my life and it it was not an illegal thing or anything that was a moral issue for most people. However, God asked me to lay it down because of the way that I was hyper-focused on the control that it gave me. And mm-hmm. that control, me having control over that was an issue that I had. I couldn't relinquish that control to him or to anyone else. And it wasn't just on that specific subject. What he was trying to teach me is that I was holding on to control in other aspects of my life. And he was showing me with this simple thing that this is a pattern that I have. And he was like, you will lay this down and you will lay this down for these reasons. Yeah. Yep. And he knows our hearts Mm -hmm. He knows what is going on underneath just these actions or these idols that we have. You know, I think about my own life and at different seasons, he's asked me to sacrifice different things. It hasn't always been the same type of things or the same people or um, it it shifts, you know, because obviously our heart shifts what it desires. Right. And, And, you know, you say the same kinds of things, which makes me also think about relationships that he's asked. Mm hmm me to give up you Mm -hmm. to give up right um he's asked me to give up a lot of relationships that um reflecting back on that now i can see they are a hindrance to what he's calling me to do right and he will eliminate people things whatever you know he will get out of the way what needs to be gotten out of the way if it's disturbing that call and And we don't have to do that. That's a choice because he called me to make different decisions and to align myself differently, sit at a different table, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to do that, but I knew that my yes, if I was going to stay on the yes path, I had to do that. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when people are, are watching whenever you're, you put yourself out there in a public platform, this podcast, for instance, um, the nonprofit, the Solomon Center that we're working on mm-hmm. together. When you put yourself out there, people have opinions and it's hard to hear sometimes the things that people think and the things that we know about people. But one of the things that we have learned, I think Francis Chan says it beautifully, but God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we put ourselves out there and we put ourselves, you know, just being obedient. We're not Mm -hmm. trying to put ourselves Mm -hmm. in those positions, but we're being obedient to Christ. And in doing that, it becomes uncomfortable. Yeah. But on the ropes. But the question is, are you willing Are you willing to put yourself in that uncomfortable place, that scary situation, 
knowing that we're going to be in trouble if God doesn't come through and do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So in short, this is a call to not just reflection, but repentance. Yeah. It really is vital. It's important. God is asking us to have an eternal mindset, not a worldly one, not set on the things that we see here, not the way everybody else sees the here and now focuses on whatever is right in front of them. But he's asking us to adopt his mentality and to focus our our minds and our hearts on things above, not on the things, not on the kingdoms we're trying to build here on the kingdom above. Yeah. It costs something to be a disciple for Christ. What is it costing you? Thanks for listening to the God Be Crazy podcast. If the message of the podcast resonates with you, please make sure to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. We also encourage you to rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. By doing this, you may help others hear the podcast as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or just share it the good old fashioned way. Talk about it with the people in your life. It is our hope that you will be blessed and strengthened by the truth and crazy love of God. Thank you.